Welcome to Right, Just, and Inconvenient, a podcast where we talk about the Catholic faith and our walk towards holiness in today's cultural climate. We're your hosts. I'm Alex. And I'm Amanda. And we are both Catholic wives and mothers trying to raise the next generation of good and decent Catholics in today's world. And even though we don't always get it right ourselves, we invite you to walk with us on this journey to holiness. So today we're going to talk some about vocations and like the different vocations that there are um, and just kind of like what that's all about. Maybe, you know, if you're at a place in your life where you're trying to figure out what that is, some helpful tips for discernment. Um, But to start, I think it's important to like, I guess, define what a vocation is so that we know what we're talking about. Um, There are three, like, I guess, categories of vocations. And one of those is that, like, all of us have a vocation, like, the the universal call to holiness. So that one just is applicable to everyone and is a vocation all in and of itself. And then the second one is what I think people, like, usually think about when they think about your vocation. And that's just, like, am I called to single life, married life, um, you know, consecrated life, priesthood? Um, stuff like that. And then the third kind of category of vocation is after, I guess, you've gotten that far, like with the set of events or set of circumstances in my life, like what is God calling me to do in this specific circumstance? Yeah. So it's like, I feel like we're in third. that most of the time. Yeah. Um, so also in the same note, like I think we tend to think of vocations as like a destination. Like, you don't know what, like, you know, what are you going to be when you grow up kind of thing. And, like, whatever you choose, like, oh, well, you know, you've hit your destination with either you're single or you're married or you're a priest or you're a nun or whatever. Um, But in reality, like, vocations are much more about, like, I guess, like, how you live out God's call to your life. Like, the vocation is really just kind of, I guess, like, the method and... More specifically, the relationship. Like, it is the relationship that defines, like, how you become the man or woman that God is calling you to be in your life. So, like, for instance, for married life, like, I guess, like, the relationship that you focus on is the relationship with you and your spouse. And, like, your spouse is that person. Um, And that relationship is going to kind of, like, form you and the person that God wants you to be. Yeah. Like, the goal being to get each other to heaven. Exactly. And then, obviously, if you've chosen the religious life path, yeah, you also have some help getting yeah. each other to heaven. And so, then if you decide to be a priest, you have a task of helping other people get to heaven. Yeah. Which, I mean, for me, I know that like teaching helps me learn, so helping other people get to heaven probably helps you get to heaven. Yeah. Uh, well, not probably, definitely. Absolutely. And in the priesthood, too, like I feel like you have like communion with other priests and like have like this probably like a camaraderie of like people living the same life that you are living um in the same sense that like you know we have our spouses who are like living the same like yeah i do feel like for like parish priests it's got to be a little bit lonelier oh i'm sure which is funny because you would think that the ones like locked up you know away in the monasteries or whatever would be like the lonelier one well yeah but there's like there's Um, an in-between there 
there's like monasteries, but then there's also like like friary where yeah. you can go out and still be. Yeah, I guess I like I lump the friary thing kind of in, I guess, with the monastery. Oh yeah. Well, I only say that because like I feel like any time I've ever seen like one of the friars from EWTN like out and about, like they always look so invested in their outing. <laughs> like it's like if you've ever seen one grocery shopping, have you? I mean, no, but I used to see them go out all the time because I worked there. Oh, and, like, true. Like, going to the grocery store, like, I'm pretty sure this one time I went, like, I finished my entire grocery shopping trip, like, and the fryer dude was, like, still in the same aisle, like, staring at barbecue sauce options. It was probably a big deal. Because, because it's, like, turn a thrill. Yeah. Yeah. Like. <laughs> well, uh, Father uh, Leonard, he's a Franciscan friar from AWTN, and he, like, you know, they have a social media, the friars. And he, like, last year for Lent, I think it was last year, it might have been two years ago, he, like, went to, like, all the different fast food places and tested their, um, uh, fish sandwiches. (laughs) That's amazing. I know, it's so funny. Um. Like a bless your rank situation? Yeah, basically. That's awesome. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that. I can't remember which one he said was the best. I want to say it might have been Wendy's, Burger King or Wendy's. It was not McDonald's. That is wild to me. Yeah. It was probably Wendy's. I can't remember. I need to watch it. We'll, we we'll find out. We'll report back. Set. No, <laughs> I agree. We totally should do it. Um, that one should be a video one where we, for sure. Yeah. So we can get the full essence of the reaction. <laughs> um, but anyway, so as far as discerning kind of, I guess, like which path you're going to follow, of course, like everything else. The, like, number one tip you find everywhere if you, like, search vocation discernment online is prayer. Shocker. Um, I am shocked. I'm appalled right now. And not just, like, I guess prayer, like, you know, once or twice. Like, I mean, this is one of those questions that you kind of should bother God about. um, Yeah. Frequently. (laughs) Like, until you've come up with something. Um, to come into your life and kind of help open your mind and, like, show you what you're going to do. And also, I think it's important, too, to, after you feel some sort of pull and, like, God acting in your life, guiding you down that road, to also pray that you can open yourself up to his will for you. Because one important important thing I think about vocations is, like, even though you should have, like, a call to do it, so to some extent, like, most people, I think, have a pull to whatever it is that they should do. God historically also calls people to do things that they don't either feel capable of or, like, yeah. might not feel like they really want to do in that particular moment. Yeah. Um, so it does also take, like, the spirit of obedience. I feel like if you're young and listening to this and you, like, aren't, like, you wouldn't be at a place where you're discerning, like, the second vocation, right? Not, like, the vocation to holiness, but the, like, what you want to be when you grow up. Yeah. Um, then, like, the best thing to do is to go ahead and pray that, like, you are open to doing God's will. Like, just in general. Oh, yeah. I feel like that will open you up to whatever vocation that you have. And also, I think it needs to be said that, because I actually heard um, a priest saying this the other day when I was listening to Pints with Aquinas, but, like, people freak out about their vocations and stuff, and, like, he was just, like, the ordinary vocation. Like, the ordinary one is marriage. Like, that is the one that most people do. And, like, so more than likely than not, that's the one you're going to do. Like, you can just assume that you're going to do that and date and, like, see. But if, like, relationships aren't working out, like, and, like, nothing is wrong with that person or nothing's wrong with you, really, like, 
and you're just like, hmm, I wonder why. Like, maybe, like, maybe it is because you're called to something different. But, like, don't freak out about it. Don't be like, what if I'm, like, missing my calling and I'm dating people, but I should be, like, like, don't freak out. Just It cracks me up when people feel like they can miss your, their calling, I guess. Like, right. I just, I don't think that God really just allows us to just blindly miss it. Because he knows us, which means even those among us who feel like, you know, I need a sign, God, but, like, a blatant sign. Like, yeah. even those, like, like I'm not going to let you just, if I intend for you to be a priest, like, you'll know. Like, I'll let you know. After that, I feel like he does leave it up. Like, he gives us our free will. Like, you get to pick whether or not you're going to follow through on what he's calling you to do. Well, and but like, I do feel like you don't have to like go to the seminary and um, like and become a priest. Yeah, like you get to lots of test people, the waters. Yeah, out. lots of people go to seminary and don't become a priest, or they go to discern religious life and they live with like the religious sisters or brothers or whatever, and they don't like or they get kicked out, which might be good. Yeah, like Joe Heschmeyer from um, um, Catholic Answers. He's one of the the newer apologists. He mm-hmm. went to seminary and I. And, I don't know that he got kicked out, but, it, like, whoever was talking to him on there made a joke that he got kicked out, and, like, they're, like, good for us, basically, because oh, yeah. he's so knowledgeable. And, I like, don't know if it was that guy, but I've, like, heard, listened to, or, like, read about, or I don't know, like, some other guy who went through the same thing, yeah. where he went and, like, no, 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 it wasn't somebody who went, it was somebody who, like, routinely met with their priest, because they, like, felt like they should be a priest, okay, Yeah. and the priest said, don't go to seminary, like, this isn't what God is calling you to do. And at first, they were, like, super bummed. Yeah. Like, they were just like, what? Like, like this is what I've, like... Because in their heart already and in their head, they had already, like, mapped out their whole life according to, like, going to seminary and becoming a priest. Yeah. Like, and then it turns out that they were called to marriage. And I think... Because I think it was somebody that, like, is actually currently married. And they were like, well, good thing that I didn't go. Like, yeah. Well, and think about, like, um, like St. Therese's parents. Um Zelly and Louis Martin, they, um, they both wanted to be in the religious life and neither of them were accepted in and they were both really bummed and Glad that didn't work out. Well, yeah. And like, even when they got married, they were still struggling with it. Like, I think they, like, they didn't, I, I want to say that they didn't consummate for a while because They're they wanted torture. to live like the Josephite, the Josephine, Josephite marriage yeah, where yeah, like yeah. you don't. But um, their priests, they like they were like not, I guess, doing well. And I think they went to their priest, and this is paraphrasing because like I'm telling a story from a story I heard. But they um, went to their priest, and he was like, "Yeah, well, like you're not doing it right. Like you're supposed to have sex." <laughs> you're not and then they did, sex. and they had lots of kids. <laughs> and, and a lot of which became saints. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and Saint Therese is one of the most popular ones right yeah. right now. So like, um, it worked out. But like it's it. It's not always the vo- like you you can lean towards a vocation and it be not the right one for you and that's also okay. Yep, I think it was uh, Father Bean, our parish priest. He was engaged. He was engaged before, like right before he ended up, you know, deciding to become Catholic and deciding to uh, become a priest. So like, I mean, that's pretty decent commitment to the whole like dating and marriage thing. Like you were on your way. Yeah. Well, um, and there's also, like, discernment periods for all of them. Like, it's, like, engagement for yep. the married life. And then you have, like, the seminary. And, like, there are time Like, there's a time for you to be, like, okay, like, is this? Yeah. Like, you can kind of test the waters there. So, um, and that being said, too, I feel like 
as far as raising up kids go, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, like, just talking about how, like, we finally have a boy in the mix, and so, like, William technically has the option, you know, of becoming a priest. Right. And, um, one of the things I think we can do for our kids is just offering them exposure, like, exposure to different kinds of vocations, so that they can actually see what their options are, because, I mean, if you grow up and don't have that exposure, don't really think about it, like, then you're going to kind of be locked in on, like, a couple options just based on what you're familiar with. Oh, for sure. I feel like I only thought about marriage as, like, marriage or single life as, like, my options, which is wild because I grew up Catholic. I definitely saw the priest. Like, I, I had priests, obviously, but, like, I didn't... I mean, I can't be a priest, so, like, I was like, yeah, that's not an option. And it wasn't until we got to high school and we had sisters there that I was like, wait. Well, do you remember when we had, like, all the sisters there? It was, like, sorority recruitment, but, like... Oh, I know what you're The nun version? Like, like college day, but for vocation. Yes. Like, vocation day or whatever. Yes, it was, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fascinated. I was absolutely fascinated. Well, when I was in solidarity... Solidarity. (laughs) I said that, too. Sodality. When I was in sodality, um, we went on a a trip, and we went to to their convent in, I want to say Nashville. Yeah. And... It was really cool to see. Like, I mean, that was when it, like, kind of hit me that, like, that was an option. And then also Sister Bernadette, who was one of our teachers, said that, um, she said that I should be a nun. Really? Yeah. Isn't she no longer a nun? Nope. Right. That's right. (laughs) I was like, definitely not. What? Do you know what happened with that? No. Just because of what we were talking about earlier about just, like, you know, I mean, we, not on here, but, like prior to recording this episode, like, talking about how, I guess, like, sometimes, for the most part, you know, or not for the most part, our call to holiness is universal and forever. No matter what we do, like, that call always remains. But, like, as far as your vocation, single, married, priesthood, nunnery, um, (laughs) like, I guess those don't always end up, like, constant um, in our lives. Like, in that sense, I wonder what her like full story was see i feel like they do though like end up constant in our life like i don't know what her story is and she's still like i, I don't know i don't know i don't want to talk about her no i know i i watched a, the whole reason that i even like thought about the fact that they wouldn't be constant anymore is because i saw a video of father mike spitz talking about how the second one like while we like to think of it as constant like isn't always like it does sometimes change so like but he didn't really go into detail about it so i don't know like yeah, i need more yeah, that. and then he was like, and then the third one, like, obviously, like, changes all the time, like, as far as, like, you know, what we, because our circumstances do. Oh, yeah. But I don't know what he meant, like, all the way. I don't either, and I don't think, like, for instance, like we were talking about earlier, like, if you were to, like, be in a, an abusive relationship or something, you have to, like, be away from your spouse. And maybe you even get a divorce, like a civil divorce. Yeah. Like, you technically are still married and, like, like sacramentally yeah so you would have to in the eyes of god yeah so you would have to live like a, i mean just like you're called to in marriage yeah. a chaste life and so you can't like you know be sleeping around or anything but like no. it's funny that you say it like that because like when my dad refers to like his i guess like call to continue living out like his marriage yeah even without my mom like he he's just like, whatever he described it to me he did say he was like the state of alabama can say that i'm divorced all they want but like it doesn't change the vows I made to God. Yeah, like exactly. I didn't, he was like, I didn't make my vows, like, to the state of Alabama. <laughs> right. Right. And and then, like, unless you get, like, an annulment, which would, would take this 
sacrament and it's like invalidated in the first place yeah and um that would be different that would be like maybe your vocation was single life or maybe your vocation was something else is there some form of like annulment i guess for the priesthood and like being a nun like is there some like similar form that makes me also wonder that of like holy orders or like what do you or i don't know what you go through like i guess whenever you become a nun I have no idea, but I, I mean, like wonder I'm if guessing it invalidates. Right? Yeah, I was like, I wonder if it invalidates the sacrament like in the same way. Actually, you keep talking about vocations. I'm gonna look that up. Well, while she's <laughs> looking it up, I guess I can go into talking about like the third form of vocation, because that's kind of where I mean we've obviously chosen marriage as our vocation, both of us, and um, I mean there are different ways to live out the third like depending on the circumstances in your life like for instance um right now um I I have three young kids and so like I would love to be more involved in my church and stuff like maybe your vocation is if you have a good voice you are a cantor at church like maybe that's like one of the vocations you could have or like some sort of participant maybe in like a, a ministry and we were actually talking to our priest last night about like starting a choir up at our parish so um maybe that's a vocation that is coming to us we don't know yet um and my husband's always kind of trying to discern like I know he he always wants to like be doing as much as he can I guess vocation wise so like maybe like for I'm a volleyball coach like I consider that like kind of a vocation I definitely work on like and I I'm a coach for a catholic school so I do include God in all of my my practices and I try to like keep him in in mind for the kids too which I haven't done throughout my coaching experience but I have started to like the more my relationship has developed with him have you found it well okay I found a forum of people who happen to like be answering this question and this one guy said that he married such a woman and that she requested and was granted a dispensation from her vows um and then, like, out of concern from her, the religious superior requested that she spend a couple weeks on a private retreat to think it over um, to be sure that she wanted to leave the order to marry me. He had been a priest. Whoa, this just took I've a turn. I've heard these stories before, too. Um, yeah, she complied. She went to go see, like, a psychologist that was a priest. That, like, And um, just to be sure she understood what she was doing. And... The priest psychologist gave them both a clean bill of health, and that was 50 years ago, and they're still together, and says his wife treasures both vocations to which she was called. Wild. Wow. Um, but yeah, like, the consensus seems to be that there's, like, a process for receiving a dispensation from their vows, like, similar to, like, an annulment for marriage. So, yeah. So, I feel like that means that, like, the second one is, is constant. Is, yeah. It's just sometimes, maybe, I mean, you can be wrong. Like, you can't. Yeah. Like, we're fallible. Yeah. And, like, sacraments, obviously, aren't always perfectly done. Yeah. So, like, that's what I was telling my mom the other day, and my mom will listen to this, so. Um, but about annulments, like, that, like, it's not like your actual marriage never happened. It's more like... Like, if, if, like, we didn't use water or the Trinitarian form at my kid's baptism, like, it wouldn't be a valid baptism. Like, that's not how that works. So, like, 
like it's okay if it wasn't a valid sacrament like you kind of need to know that like if it wasn't a valid sacrament like and you can get an annulment why not like if it was a valid sacrament then let the people in charge tell you it was and you have to deal with it but like if it wasn't like why not find out yeah I mean, I, I don't think that, and we could do a whole episode about annulments, but I don't think that, like, you should treat, like, vocations, like, flippantly and be, like... Well, no, I don't think anyone's saying to treat them flippantly because, oh, don't worry, there's, like, a reverse button. Like, in right. the same way that we wouldn't say that to anybody. I wouldn't say that no one... I mean, I'm not saying anyone's saying that, but I'm not, like... But I bet there are people who think like that. Well, I'm, well yeah. I mean, and I know that it's, like, getting easier to get annulments, so... Really? I, I think, uh... Pope Francis is trying to make it easier because hmm. it I mean it's really complicated it is it is a process like I remember my parents starting the paperwork um years ago and like it was extensive and you also have to pay like $300 to even get started because <laughs> I remember my dad being like they didn't charge me $300 to marry her <laughs> <laughs> no. that's real though but I mean he wasn't wrong I'm pretty sure they're trying to make it easier like I know like um a friend of mine's parents it took a long time to get an annulment and when it finally happened, it was, like, a big deal. Like, yay. I can't even imagine going through that process. No, it sounds like a lot. I feel like that and divorce, like, both of them are just a terrible process to have to go through. It's a lot. Um, but anyway, so the last thing that I did want to get to you was... Dun, dun, dun just kind of in general some good things that you can do with your kids to kind of like encourage them to seek out their vocation um so obviously some of those are pray for your child's vocation which i think that almost everybody does whether you know it or not and like if you're praying for your kids you're probably praying for their vocation um also to just like expose your children to stories of the saints um encourage them to participate in a ministry at mass um, like you were saying, like choir, I think is a great one. Um, alt, being an altar server, obviously, I think is a great, I feel like a lot of people who later enter seminary and become priests oftentimes starts as altar, altar servers. servers. Yeah. yeah. Like there was a guy, I think that went to John Carroll that was an altar server that I just remember seeing all the time as an altar server that now like. Daniel Sessions, is that how you put it? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because I feel like I saw his picture in like a recent yeah. And by recent, it could have been within the last five years, I don't know. But, like, some <laughs> sort of recent, like, graduating class from seminary. Yeah, he's in seminary, I think. Or maybe he did graduate. Or maybe he went, I don't know. Went to seminary, graduated seminary. Something like he that. He was on his way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also to provide them with role models, like, your t- kids with role models, which, I mean, obviously, you're already doing that well by exposing them to stories of the saints. But I think it's good also to, like, let them engage with the priest when they leave Mass. Like, most of them stand outside and, like, say hey to people. Like, let them... Invite your priest to dinner. Yeah, like you did the other night. Let And going off that, like, let them see your priest as a person and not just some, like, you know, like, perfect, unattainable, kind of weird guy that, like, says mass every Sunday. Like... (laughs) I mean, just a guy who's in front of a crowd every week. Like... Yeah. Like, it... I feel like... Like, it's like, uh... Like when you're a kid and you see your your teacher at the grocery store, and you're right. like, oh my gosh, they make themselves suffer. Or you see that they have children, they're like, you, they have really real kids of their own that yeah. like aren't they're in our classroom. Like, yeah, you're a parent. Like, it opened your eyes to like, oh, they have this whole life outside of just being a teacher. Like in the same way that like priests are also just people. 
who have like struggles and joys and hobbies and interests and some of them like craft beer and like. <laughs> <laughs> um, For context, my husband and I um, weren't sure what kind of like drinker our priest was. So we like we're both joking and I said that I thought he would be a wine drinker. And Andrew was like, nah, he's a craft beer guy. And Andrew was correct. Now we know. <laughs> um, but other good things, just, like, have your kid involved in the church. Like, youth groups are good. Um, like, watching films with meaningful messages about vocations. And, um, but, yeah. And a lot of, uh, a lot of Catholic schools, too, like, have religious education coordinators. So, like, talk to them about, I guess, like, what kind of curriculum is centered around like figuring out your vocation or like kind of like what they teach kids make sure they're bringing it up yeah did ours yeah i mean well john carroll did john carroll did for sure i don't i don't remember enough about i feel like middle school and elementary school are such a blur now (laughs) that we're like pushing 30 that oh i can't imagine that my schools did otherwise i wouldn't have been so like shell shocked when i got to john carroll and was going to be taught by sisters really yeah our principal was a nun oh see that was Francis. the case Is she, was she from was she a dominican or Mm-mm. no oh, okay. she was one that doesn't have to wear a habit okay i don't remember like what class so she was like a nun like nun nun <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like the ones, like, the Dominican sisters, like, like I don't know if you refer to them as nuns. Like, they're just, like, they're sisters. Mm. It's different. Um, but yeah, Sister, uh, Sister Jesus Diane was our principal, and she was amazing. And, um, every now and then I'll see her, like, something at St. Francis, like, and I haven't in years, because I haven't really gone to St. Francis in a long time, but. And she's always just, like, so kind and remembers me. And I'm like, that is wild, considering how many children, like, she has overseen as a principal. That's how I felt about uh, Sister Margaret Andrews. I loved her. I know. And, like, I saw her years later, and she was just like, I still pray for you guys every time I pass a YMCA. Because my mom worked at the Y. And I was like, wow, that's really amazing. She was so amazing. I loved her. Yeah, me too. She was... I, I can't believe she remembered that. Like, that was just really cool. She was so kind, and she was, I feel like, exactly, like, just, like, exactly how I pictured the vocation to become a sister, like, in my head. Like, she was the embodiment of that. And it's funny, because I feel like Sister Bernadette is one that kind of made me, like, see nuns as people. But now it's, like, funny to me, because she's not a nun anymore, so I don't know whether that was uh Again, I don't know if they are nuns. Oh, her sisters. We, yeah, but but I think she. <laughs> I think you're both. I think. Well, I mean, I feel like I think it's like a one of those like all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. I think all sisters are nuns, but not all nuns are sisters. I think it's vice versa. Yeah. All nuns are sisters, but not all sisters are nuns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's, <laughs> that's all I got. Okay. All right. Um, well, we will be praying for you. Please pray for us and pray for vocations. All of it. And keep seeking truth.